Hello and welcome to the reaction as we look back on Celtic's crushing victory over Kilmarnock, four goals to one, and what was uh, an interesting game of football, a uh, game of two halves, we could say. I think we've said that a couple of times this season, but uh, what a bloody performance in the first half. Uh, incredible, um, kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll talk through it all, but just a, an amazing uh, array of goals. Um, Celtic... Actually, do you know what? I'll introduce the panel. How about that? Uh, I'm joined by Christopher Somani. Hello, sir. How are you? Afternoon, Christopher. Um, hello to Annabelle. I don't think we've been on a podcast before together, oh, so nice go. to nice to meet you. Um, aye, I'm great. Game was good in the first half. Wasn't so good in the second half. I've just repeated what you've said, but we'll get into it. Uh, Annabelle's also here. Hello, Annabelle. Hi, Chris. And yeah, nice to meet you as well, Sir Manny, finally. Um yeah, I'm a bit tired after that second half, to be honest, but I'm looking forward to waking up when we talk about the first half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just want to highlight Celtic. Um, this is where we currently stand. Played 32 in the league, won 30, drawn one, lost one, 102, 102, 102 goals for, 24 against, and uh, 91 points. Uh, Chris, we have broken through the 90-point barrier, We've broken through the 100-goal barrier. It's pretty impressive no matter what way you look at it. Yeah, I mean, it's it shows where we are that there's going to be a level of disappointment in not only the second half, but maybe a couple of points in the first half. But that just speaks volumes about the consistency, the attacking play, the goals, the variety of goals that exist in this team. When we're on form, we are... an absolute joy to watch we are a superb football team um and a lot of that credit not goes to the manager but also to the players out there in terms of of doing what he asks and and kind of acting in that way it's phenomenal um and it's one of those things where you have to remind yourself every now and again to enjoy it to appreciate (laughs) what we've got at the moment um and i'm sure i'll sound as if i don't shortly but um it's great it's just great to watch when we are the way that we were in the first half an hour today not many teams could get near us. Uh, Annabelle, those standards are incredibly high, which kind of shows with uh, that point and goal tally. Um, impressed? Very impressed. I mean, we're literally breaking records at the moment, which is why I'm just finding it difficult to understand this whole media narrative where it's like, the gap is closing and Celtic aren't that good. I just... Look, look at us today in that first half. We are completely relentless and... I think it says a lot about us as well that instead of going on to have another, you know, 9-0 Dundee United, you know, absolute day out at the park, we just decided, you know what, let's just kind of minimise injuries and risk and just take the second half slowly because we could just sit back and do that, which obviously was not the great spectacle for us, but it just shows you where we are. It's all about just getting to the end of the season and keeping the team in great shape. I imagine ready to go into the next one at this point is probably what I'm just starting to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Um and before we kind of break it down, that kind of game management, Samani, is something that, you know, I know Ange says we don't stop. And um, it's as, as much as it's a kind of bit of a an easy soundbite, it is a philosophy that we do kind of mainly adhere to. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to be playing the game at 100 miles an hour. Um, and the fact is the second half, and we'll, we'll touch on it, um, we were in control and we did drop off a little bit, but... If you'd said to if you'd said to any of us uh, before the game before a ball was kicked, uh, we'll win four one and the second half will be a little bit less entertaining than the first half, but we will be comfortable. You would have taken it. 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I think in the weekly I'd said that uh, one of the key things about getting through the next two games is doing that injury free, doing that, you know, where where you can, giving players some rest, giving players who are on the fringes and maybe deserve um, or, or, or have earned uh, a starting berth or at least some game time, um, getting them on the park. And that's what we did today. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be the only person who was saying in, you know, WhatsApp chats or whatever, saying, oh, this second half's a bit turgid. It's not really been good to watch. That's fine for the support. You know, we want to see goals. We don't want to see us kind of take, putting our foot in the break. We want to see it, you know, that 9-0 that Annabelle's talked about. You know, see when we went 4-0 up after 27 minutes? Who wasn't talking about it? Who wasn't saying, I bet you it's 9 and the Kyogo's penalty miss is the one that costs us... All these things, but ultimately they don't really matter. And you're you're right to highlight that. The game management and the squad management is going to be at the forefront of the manager's mind. And that's where it should be. The support can can do what they want, generally speaking. But you could see that in the second half. See it out, you know. Um, that'll be that'll be the manager's instructions. And it was the right thing to do, despite us sitting at home being for blood. I mean, that's the thing, though. I am... Uh, relentlessly thirsty for goals and I will never not moan about the fact that um, you know we could have been 9-0 up with 5 minutes to go and I still would have been like well you know opportunity blown <laughs> so I joke think, yeah, disgrace um, so I mean I think we can all sit back and have a joke about it but well, you know we, we are kind of relentless in our need for Celtic to absolutely smash teams especially Kilmarnock absolutely delighted I have to say their support their players Derek. Derek McInnes' face was a added bonus, shall we say. An added bonus. Um, Jordan Jones. 20 minutes in as well. So early seeing him just completely dejected. Do, do you know what? You know how that thing uh, in the rest of development, where it's like it goes to Job and he, he says something or he does something and then he goes, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> it's like McInnes set his team up and then after 20 minutes he's like, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> so oh, pop, pop culture reference I don't get. Yeah, yeah. Never watched it. You're missing but, out. Yeah, you are. So I've been, do you know, I've been told, I think you've told me that, Gal, and others have told me, but I'm very lazy when it comes to my television choices. So I might watch it one day, but until then, Chris, keep the references. Aye, come on, let's, let's, <laughs> let's focus on the football, all right? Let's, let's, let's get at it. Uh, Annabelle, uh, the team, uh, I'll, I'll read it through and you can give me your thoughts on it. Um, the team dropped today at 10.45. Um, Heart and goals. Um, we had Alistair Johnson, Kobayashi coming in for CCV, Starfelt, Taylor, McGregor, Awata starting, O'Reilly keeping his place after the Derby performance, uh, Maeda, Kyogo and Hak Sabanovic. Um, what was your kind of thoughts on that lineup? Happy kind of thoughts? Yeah, happy. Um, it's always a bit of a surprise to see players like CCV and Jota just kind of AWOL, but at the same time, it's just coming back to that whole squad management piece and also you know, Ange pointed out, which I love, he pointed out that the surface is so terrible, it won't necessarily do some players any favours. And I just love to hear him be explicit about it, because I think we, well, not we, I think the media dance around just how awful that surface is far too much. I'm glad that he's just saying it. Yep, it's shite. I don't want it to injure my players. Um, and also just great to see, like, yeah, Kobayashi, Iwata and Haksabanovic getting those starts to give themselves, you know, a chance to impress. So that was really exciting. And again, just speaking back to that squad depth of I wasn't worried with any of those changes. Not one of them made me kind of think, oh, not sure. Nope, felt great. Was really excited just to see some 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 new players kind of getting a chance to make their mark. 
Uh, Chris, it was a, a player in every position. I kind of brought in Kobayashi in the defence, Iwata. And I, I know Iwata's kind of played a lot, but he's he's only had one start previous to this. Uh, and Haksabanovic being brought in from the cold. Um, what's your kind of thoughts on, on that lineup when you saw it? Was there any trepidation at all? None whatsoever. I was really excited by it. Um, I think we've touched on Iwata and the form he's shown. I thought he was excellent today. Really, really good. Um, me and you amongst others, have been calling for Haksabanovic to start. I was delighted about that. And Kobayashi, um, he's a guy you want to see more of. You want to see what he's capable of. Um, I think what we've seen of him today was that he's a very good footballer. He can pass a ball. He switched with Greg Taylor a couple of times, just in terms of, of what we were doing. I still don't know how good a defender he is in terms of you know a penalty box defender. That was probably, today wasn't the day to find that out. But when I seen the lineup. Absolutely delighted. I was quite excited by it. Yeah, me, me too. Uh, the On the bench, we had uh, Scott Bain, Aaron Moy, Turnbull, uh, O, Burnaby, Summers, Ralston, Welsh, and Vata. So I count that what um, Turnbull, Burnaby, sorry, Turnbull, Summers, Welsh, Vata, Ralston. That's five uh, trained players in regards to association trained or, or Celtic trained. So that's pretty good to see. Um, with those kind of players, Annabelle, you, you kind of want to give these guys opportunities, but you don't want to, them to give them opportunities at this, you know, the, 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 what word am I looking for? At the cost of points or anything. So it's good to basically, they had that opportunity to be bedded in when we were comfortable. Yeah, that's exactly it. You always want to give a chance um, to the like, to the young guys you always want to do that but at the same time we'd all be the first to comment saying Ange made the wrong choice there if he throws on an academy player too early in the season and we start dropping points we'd all be on his back for that so this is exactly the kind of time now you know what is it six games to go is that yeah. right yeah 12 point gap we're looking pretty good injuries are low why risk getting more injuries to the first team players give them a chance so you absolutely love it. You do. It was delight delighted to see that much sort of um, talent on the bench from from the academy and things like that. So, yeah, it was really exciting. And the fact they actually got game time because we've seen a few. We've seen that on the bench a few times. You see them pop up and you're like, oh, maybe. So, yeah, no, I was absolutely thrilled to see them get the chance today. It's um, I'm hoping we'll see more and more of that towards the end of the season when it becomes, you know, completely apparent that that gap is not getting any smaller. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we should highlight, obviously, CCV and Jota being the two kind of players to to drop out. Um, and as, as Annabelle mentioned and talked about, um, players who, you know, that pitch doesn't do the best for. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see the availability next week. Uh, Motherwell at home is a game, I think, could maybe, you know, Rest a few players again um, on the coming up for the the game at the uh, the semi final, but we'll get to that and we'll talk through it. Um, how do you think we started, Chris? Now I, I, I will caveat that by saying we scored after six minutes. <laughs> um, what was your kind of thoughts up until we scored that start? Very tepid. I was extremely <laughs> disappointed. Embarrassing. No, I mean, I, I think we we our intention was clear from the start. Um, we got the ball down nicely. We were moving it about nicely, um, comfortable in possession. Um, when the goal came itself, the goal you could argue that the goal came out of of, of kind of nothing. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I, I don't think there had been any sort of clear opportunities or anything before that. But you know, we got our foot in the ball. We were knocking it around nicely, which is always a concern in this pitch, just because 
the way the ball moves, the way the ball bounces is completely different from AstroTurf. Uh, no, that is AstroTurf. They don't call it AstroTurf anymore, do they? Nah, nah, that's just it's for us. It's called something G. Maybe 3G? 4, 4G. 5G. Because I always, I always think people are talking about phones when they talk about <laughs> it because I know nothing and I but, get really confused. Well, see, this is the thing. It's uh, Do you notice how COVID came about when they started building these 5G pitches? Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. Chris. <laughs> That's a new conspiracy uh, that will spread. Um, do, you, but- do you know actually that I'm I'm, I'm going to take the opportunity here? It was an, an old joke from Only Fools and Horses, which is you know you know some people like it, they don't. But I thought we were uh, leaving references out of it. Chris. Yeah, no, no, but it's a pop culture reference that everybody will get here. This is Fair. inclusive. This is inclusive. It was uh, Rodney was talking to two tennis players in a pub, and they asked them if he preferred. AstroTurf or grass, and he said, I don't know, I've never smoked AstroTurf. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go, there we go. We've linked our Only Fools and Horses joke, Arrested Development, into our reaction podcast. Superb. Superb. Um, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> great. Um, how do you think we started, Annabelle? Again, as I say, to caveat, we scored after six minutes, but how was the first kind of uh, start to the game for us? What was your thoughts? Oh, yeah, a bit, a bit dull. No, obviously it was incredible i I was yeah just incredibly surprised jesus sorry incredibly surprised at how like incise and smooth the passing was because yeah exactly like chris said like on the surface you just expect the ball to be going absolutely tonto like i would never expect any sort of um coherent strings of passing to form it's just normally the ball just bounces where it bounces and you just see what happens so i couldn't believe how yeah, her sharper passing was. I was absolutely loving it. I was like, this is some of the best football I've seen out of Celtic in, in a while now. It was especially obviously compared to the Derby where we weren't necessarily at our best. The passing was great. I think it was clear from the off that that was our intention was to just, you know, go at it. But I think it was also really clear that Kilmarnock's intention was to just immediately start tossing hammers about. I think they had two ridiculously physical challenges in the first minute. So I think that the way that we played did a great job of kind of putting that to bed really early because you can see them trying it in the first couple of minutes, but especially after we scored, it pretty much immediately died off because we were just too slick um, and they couldn't really get a hold on us. So yeah, really exciting first five minutes before the goal. <laughs> five <laughs> minutes, yeah. I think, that's, I think that's a good point there, Annabelle, because before this game, I'm not much of a, I'm not much of a kind of a gambler or whatever, but you always kind of think, you know, you're going to get some yellow cards down, you know, come on. And when power came on, yeah. I said, I'm going to stick a fiver on him and somebody else to get booked. I think I think it was only us that get players booked. I think it was only Johnston and O. But that's what it was. I, I, I do get, see if this had become more of a war of attrition. I think we might have seen that. But you're right, we were so slick. I think we just blew them away that it got to the point where... Um, they were just kind of fighting for their lives as opposed to anything else. Yeah, um, great point on the the physical stuff because I've taken a note here that uh, you know Maida, like literally within about twenty seconds, there's a there's a there's a challenge on Maida, right? And he kind of just gets up, and I can't remember what player it was that did the challenge on him, but he kind of looks at him as if to say, well, "There's plenty more where that came from, pal." And it's kind of like you couldn't get near him after that, like you know. Maida just looked at him like, "What are you doing?" There was a challenge on Starfelt where the guy um, Vassell jumps all over him, and it's it's kind of like we're leaving on a marker, and it's like, "No, you're just giving away free kicks." Like you know, I'm all for a physical kind of square up, and I can understand why teams do it, but. I know, and then there was one on Kyogo. This is all before. This was all with within five minutes. Um, 
Referee didn't speak to any of them because it's too early. Can't you know aye, aye, all that aye. kind of rubbish? We're making it. You can make a bloody leg breaking challenge within a minute because it's too early. The referee's not going to send you off. But um, so yeah, I think, uh, sorry. I think Crocker had said was it Vassell had this was his twentieth club or something like that. I don't know uh, if yeah. he's caught that twentieth you know, club. He's only thirty. He's thirty, and he said twenty clubs. You know, there's you always get there's always a market in Scotland for physical strikers, and that's do you know that's that's I mean obviously the challenge earlier on, and then as the second half progressed and, you know, they got into it a wee bit more because we'd taken our foot off. You, you know, it's just the, the kind of stand, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the kind of standard prototype of a Scottish football striker, you know, journeyman, big, strong, and uh, can, uh, you know, take it to um, opponents and we're up against that all the time. Sorry, I'm doing a lot of diversions here. That just came into my head. Hey, you I, just had me thinking, Chris, I think they make these guys in like a factory. Like, do you mind Terminator <laughs> Salvation? Like well, the worst Terminator film, they just pump these guys out of there, so they come with all this history, but it's all made up. They've got fake memories. Yeah. I think <laughs> they just get switched on, just as, as I soon was. As yeah. I was destined to play for Kilmarnock. That's that's in the back. That's yeah. I was destined to fell as many Celtic players as possible. It's just a sign in like the Kidder Kidderminster uh, Times. Are you a striker? Have you just been released by Kidderminster Harriers? Come to the Scottish Premier League. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I agree with you both in regards to... We just look composed on the ball. We look like... <clears throat> it, it just... It's that sort of Celtic way that we have now where it's just, okay, what are we dealing with? Give us five minutes. Let's figure out how you're going to play. Let's figure out what you're going to do. Settled into it. But as you say, Chris, the first goal comes from... I mean, one of the most bizarre, um, unpressurised mistakes I think I've seen in a long time. So it's the sixth, sixth minute... Um, Kamarnock are pressing down our left-hand side, up their right-hand side. Uh, the boy Murray's got the ball. And from almost the edge of our box, he takes two steps back and hits this long ball back to the centre half. But Kyogo um, intercepts it and he starts running uh, at goal, of course. Uh, he does that wee fake when he's in the box and he's got so much time to compose himself. I thought he was going to pass it. I was yeah. worried when he, when he when he stopped the ball and he kind of takes that touch. I thought you need to pass that quickly, but he shot and he scored. Um, and it was kind of like a what's that came from? Annabelle, we'll start with yourself. Your reaction to the goal, thoughts on the goal. Let's go. Yeah, pretty much the same as you. It was just the whole thing was hilarious, and it kind of was the start of Kilmarnock's just embarrassing, inept um, attempt to play football that followed. Um, yeah, just a weird loose pass back. Kyogo's like, I'm having that. Um, and this is, I just want to have a quick word on Kyogo because I'm so sick of hearing pundits say things like, oh yeah, he does nothing for most of the game, then he pops up and scores. Not true. He is always doing stuff like this off the ball. He's always looking at picking up loose passes. He's yeah. coming, he's tracking back, he's defending, he's making runs. He's always doing so much work and stuff like this is exactly when it pays off because he's the one that made that entire goal himself. You know, to make the interception, to make the run, to then cut it back to himself. Because I'm the same. I was like, all right, he's going to pass it now. You see other players running in. He clearly, and he, you see in the replay, he looks up, he takes a look and identifies, nah, do you know what? I'm the best opportunity here. And then just takes, it was a really gentle shot as well. It's just beautiful. gently sh takes the shot and that's it. And it was a great finish, but it was just very gentle. And I was just like, that was great from Kyoho, but so, so bad from Kilmarnock. Like embarrassing buffoonery levels of bad. Yeah, but key, love it for the wee man. Yeah, Keystone Cop stuff. Um, Chris, what was your thoughts on the goal? Yeah, I, is it Fraser Murray, isn't it? I think that's... Aye. Um, you fair, 
there was a wee part of me felt for him, then I went, nah, fucking <laughs> Marnock. Because I think, I think uh, obviously, skipping ahead a wee bit, McInnes made some substitutions in, in the first half, and um, Murray just, you, you felt, well, oh, you might need to retire after this, because that was the first in, in quite a few um, errors that he made. I mean, it was totally with, you know, no pressure under him at all, played it back, and then it is all about Kyogo then, because it's not, you know, the the mistake was the mistake, and obviously the centre half was then getting harried, but he had to do the work to make it happen, and then he completely made it happen for himself. Real, real quality, as you said, he kind of cut it back for himself, and then he just kind of stood and assessed his options, and at, at that time as well, I was like, right, well, you pick somebody out, pick somebody out, um, and then he just rolled it into the net, through the player's legs, you know, just so natural, just so confident, um, and at that point you were thinking, you know, this is the start of it, you know, you're on form, how many are you going to get? I'll not spoil what happens next, but um, yeah, I just thought the quality from Kyogo there, even though the initial mistake came from Kamalak, it was all about him, and it just shows you the type of striker we've got in our hands just now. It, it, it wasn't that long ago where there was question marks about um, him and who should start, Jakimakis, I've mentioned this a few times, and it's easy to forget, you know, there's a recency bias where you're thinking, why did that happen? I don't think at the time that that was a crazy question. I would have always started Kyogo, but I think he wasn't at the levels he's at just now. He's at a level just now that I think we all thought he could get to, but we weren't sure that he would, and long may it last, because what a footballer. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, as I say, you know, the way... Uh, it's funny the way you say the strike was so kind of gentle, it, it, it kind of was, it was kind of like, you know, an artist doing a brush stroke, just putting it exactly where it needs to go. You can't necessarily see it, but he can see exactly where it needs to go to kind of make the flourish. And um, I thought he was really composed under pressure. And I think that if you if you check back to what, the time you're talking about, Sermani, at the start of the season, I think mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a potential that at the beginning of the season he might have kind of snatched at it a little bit. But I think he's so confident in himself. I think he's so confident in how he's playing that the finish really... It just summed up him overall uh, mm-hmm. at, at this point in time. Um, what did that do for us, Annabelle? And we got because well, again, we score within four minutes after this. But like, what did that do to you as a supporter when we take the one nil uh, lead? How did it make you feel? Oh, that immediate wash of calm, like a wave going over you, just so you know when you get the first goal. Especially because again, I'm going to talk a lot about media narratives. I'm so sorry, That's but there's now this new narrative of oh, Celtic in the start of the season were wrapping games up in the first half, but now it's they're not you really doing the business until the second half. And oh, they like to make up all this rubbish about us. So for me, it was just that kind of relief of good. You can't say any of that rubbish because we've scored five six minutes in, so you can shut up and we can just enjoy our football now. Um, I, I can't even say that it calmed us down or anything. I don't think it really changed much for us. I think we just kept playing that same sharp football. It was kind of a case of, right, there's one, on to the next, business as usual for us. Um, it was more, again, just the start of seeing Kilmarnock just being like, oh, <laughs> it's going to be one of these, is it? Um, the start of their downfall. Um, but yeah, I thought we just kept playing, yeah, playing on the same way, which was great. Yeah, for me, I still have this weird... Kilmarnock away thing in the back of my head where I'm like worried about it a little bit. I am and I am and right. I'm really confident in the Sands team. I'm really confident in this squad of players. But they're still like my lizard brain is kind of like, oh, it's Kilmarnock away. Watch. So as soon as that first goal went in, that lizard brain, right, we're fine. Like it just it did feel like okay, fine. There are some there are some 
places in Scottish football where I still kind of go, Ooh, this might be a wee bit tough. And it's always tougher in my head than it is on the pitch. But so Manny, what about yourself? Like 1-0 up, um, confident that we would go and go from there under the job? I mean, much the same as yourself. There's there's a historical hangover from the 90s. Um, always like to get a 90s mention in, Chris. Um, there was a period under Clark as well where they, yeah. they, were, they were getting results. But it's just the pitch, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's like... It's like Livingston as well. You know, we had a period where we, for a large part of that period, they weren't actually in the the Premier League. But um, you've just got the pitch in the back of your head in terms of the advantage that gives the home side, you know, the way that the players react to it. So that always factors into it. But when we got that goal, you know, we just immediately set about playing the football that we want to see all the time, where it's just fast, you know, Accurate passing, taking the ball under pressure, doesn't matter, there's no problem, we can do that, we can move it around, people are making angles, and it was very quickly, very exciting, you know, we get the goal on six minutes, and then just a few minutes later, you know, again, no spoilers, when we get the second, it's just, it's just coming from this, it almost seemed telepathic, when, when, you know, we don't do it as often as we'd like as a support, but I imagine it's incredibly difficult with the pace that you set to keep that up. Yeah. But when you see it in full flow, um, you know, nobody can lay a glove on us. And it, it just seems so easy. And I, and it's not. It's hard work that does that. But it just looks as if, why don't you do that all the time? Because it's just a doddle. Um, but, you know, it's really exciting when you see that. When we switch into that mode and into that gear, you just kind of sit back and say, bring it on. Yeah, so 11th minute, because uh, this is the thing, you know, with the, obviously doing the action, I, I take lots and lots of notes, but the notes I have are mainly goals, <laughs> because we scored so many of them, but also in between, like, this is going to sound wild, but Celtic just never got out of first gear, even in the first half. I felt like we were playing well, and we were doing what we had to do. But I also felt that if we needed to be, we could have went in second, third, fourth gear. Like there was a, a a run of gears. I keep saying gears now that it means that it basically means nothing. Uh, we could have got better if we needed to have got better. Annabelle is is kind of my point. Yeah, it kind of felt like, especially after the second coming so quickly in the game, it definitely felt like the team kind of had that hive mind moment of, oh, this is going to be easy. We don't really need to. And I do think... I have to suspect that some of the messaging from Ange probably was around get the game done early and just protect yourself. Um, I do I do think he's really keen on just getting the players to take it easy and not strain themselves on that pitch. I mean, you saw them slipping all over the place on it. We'll talk about Moy later, but poor wee Moy just <laughs> falling on his arse trying to make a pass. Like, I, I do think some of the messaging was like, get the game done and kind of just relax a bit. So I feel like, you know, for Ange, you know, who's normally very, we never stop. I do think that was a big a big part of it. And I think that'll why, be why they kind of got the game done. And then we did see a gradual sort of decline into just a bit more chill football, not quite walking football, but... um. And we we do make it look so easy. And I thought that was such a nice point about, you know, it takes a lot of effort to do that. But especially as well when this is a this is a disrupted team. This isn't our usual kind of, I know we don't so much have a main starting 11. We've got close to a starting 11, but this is very different from that usual, you know, starting team of players. And often when you see that amount of change in a lineup where it's like, Three, three or four changes. That's usually when we see a bit of disruption early on in the game, a kind of bedding in period where it takes the players time to adjust to each other and settle into those patterns. But today there was just none of that. It just was right off the bat, free flowing, free scoring Celtic. And it was, 
and I'm glad they got the business done and then kind of chilled out. I'm, I'm glad that if that's what it takes to get the three points and for us to come out of it with no injuries, then I'm happy. It's just a shame that um, it did kind of, because you, you, I, I was thinking, could this be the 10? I'm sure we all were. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, <laughs> the second goal comes in the 11th minute. Um, I want to talk about Matt O'Reilly in just a moment. Um but there was a, basically we had the ball in midfield in controlled uh, areas. Matt O'Reilly puts the ball out to Haksabanovic. Uh, he rolls it to AJ, um, who puts a ball into the box. And Maida does that great thing where he heads it across the goalkeeper as opposed to kind of, you know, right at the goalkeeper. Um, and it's two goals to nil. And it was great that Maida scored. And it was a na- nicely worked goal, Chris. And um, quite an old fashioned sort of goal for this team that's very slick and all about passing. But just uh, get the ball in the mixer and somebody will bloody heed it. No, it, the build-up to it was excellent, you know. I mean, the, the ball from O'Reilly to, to Haksabanovic, laying it off to kind of Johnston and then just to launch that into the box, launch it, that makes it sound as if he was just, you know, the, to put the cross into the box. Again, again, especially against a team like Kumamuk, you know, the, their main attributes, their physicality and, you know, their, their, their height in terms of looking for set pieces and probably from defending, but... The quality of the ball that Johnson put over and Maida in those positions, you know, he's, he's scored quite a few headed goals for us in his time here. It's something that he's perhaps a wee bit kind of under, still under the radar for, but he knew exactly what he, what he was doing. The way that he guided that into the far corner, I mean, the keeper's hand, he did manage to get a touch on it, but he's just completely wrong footed. So the touch is powder puff, he's stretching for it, and it's just accurately placed into the far corner. It was, it was, it, it the build-up was really good, you know, I think that was the best thing about the goal, but I think it's worth noting that that's something Maeda's got, you know, we've seen that for him, from him before, it's maybe not something that he's renowned for, um, but it's there, and it's uh, good, shall we say. It's dead heavy good. Uh, heavy good. Annabelle, your thoughts on the second goal overall? Yeah, it was a very calm goal, I thought. Again, just speaking back to the whole, I think they kind of relaxed after that first goal, but it was very, the crossing from from Alistair Johnson was just very it was it was perfectly placed as you say and yeah absolutely Maida does not get enough credit I think for some of the more technical aspects of his game and if anything that's often the criticism you get of Maida is that yeah he can run fast but what else can he do clearly he can do a lot more than run fast I mean don't get me wrong running fast is absolutely my favorite attribute of his it's, it's great to watch but it was absolutely perfectly placed I mean a lot of players would really I think fling their head at that like try and absolutely bullet into the back of the net which can sometimes be the right thing but the accuracy to place it like you say past the keeper into the side net and like that it was very beautiful very calm and just another kind of gentle very chill chill goal which I liked about it just very kind of so calm you were surprised there was a goal which I like it was very exciting uh, you've now created a, a, a brand of football it's called chill football and uh, we will hopefully be uh, be utilising that moving forward um, <laughs> Matt O'Reilly he uh, looked determined today, looked like he really wanted to kind of put a marker down. Um, he obviously, I thought he played well in the derby. Um, but Chris, you know, he, we're going to, he's obviously, he obviously scored two goals today. And we'll talk through those goals. But he just looked, he looked, he weirdly just looked determined and a little bit angry. And I, and I mean that in a positive way. He just wanted to make sure that he was, you know, the centre of everything we did today. And he kind of was. Him and Awata, I thought, did a lot today. Your thoughts, Chris? Incredible. I thought Matt O'Reilly was the Matt O'Reilly we've seen and we haven't seen for a while. Again, I thought he was good in the derby too. Obviously, he 
got the assist for the opener from Kyogo. Um, but I think his work in the second half in particular in the derby was excellent. Today he just went up to another level in terms of what we know that he can do. His passing, the quickness of thought with some of his passing yeah. and, and picking folk out. Two unbelievable finishes. You know, the, the first one obviously um, plays it low past the keeper. Just, just a very, very simple. Don't know if it was quite chill football but you know he, he did just place it and it was it, it was really lovely um and for me it's you know he's a he's a great player we've seen the, the quality that he's got sometimes we forget his age sometimes we forget the level of football he was playing before he came here um and it's to be understood that there's been a dip in his form but there was a dip in his form you know and it's great that he's now back and it's so it, it's hard work and it's the competition and the standards that we set that if you'd said to me or anybody in this podcast six weeks ago that Aaron Moy would now be third in line behind Iwata and O'Reilly, you'd go, no chance, Moy's in fire, he's playing he's playing excellent football. But he is just now. He's going to need his weight, his turn to come back in. And that's what's so good about the squad and the standards and the competition. Now we've got, on the basis of today and in the last game, we've got Matt O'Reilly, something close to what he has been before and you want that at this time of the season. It's fantastic. What about yourself, Annabelle? Um, impressed with Matt today? Absolutely. For him to get two goals as well, just obviously being kind of on the fringe and they're coming back into it. He's really kind of, I, feel, I think he'll walk away from that very happy that he's put a mark down. Um, and that was kind of one of my notes in the lineup as well, is that he's really getting this opportunity with Atati being out to kind of, and Moy being out injured as well, to get back in there. And exactly just following on from what you were saying, Sir Manny, like, the mentality of the squad, you hear it all the time from those players who are regularly coming on as subs and they're asked the question, you know, how does it feel, you know, to not really be getting that much game time? And the, and the answer is always the same. It's, you know, I'll just wait for my chance and I'll take it. And it's clearly, it's just the squad is clearly in such a good place mentally right now where there's a, there's very little hint of bitterness. There's very little attitude. It's more just they wait, they wait. The time is going to come for them. Ange is going to give them the time. And then they're taking it with everything they've got. Absolutely from O'Reilly. He really just grabbed that chance with both hands and taking it. I thought he was excellent. And yeah, I think it's like, exactly. I can't help but just agree with everything you've just said. But it's so true. I was just thinking, I you forget where he came from. He's not come from like a championship club or something. He's not come from like Serie B or something like that. He's literally come from a very, very low level of football. And looking at him now, it's hard to think like we didn't get him from like a club in the kind of lower end of the Premier League or something. The quality is just outstanding. And he's, it's just so exciting. Yeah. To have him back at the top of the queue again. And at the same time, we're just absolutely spoiled for choice, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, you've both mentioned, you know, where he came from and his age. He's also played 44 games this season. You know, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's played a lot of football, um, and it's great to it's great to see him kind of maybe just start to get back into that really really fine form because we're going to need that obviously uh, two weeks time, uh, and then obviously we get a game at Ibrox as well. Uh, the second goal itself, um, sorry, the third goal itself, um, you know, seventeen minutes playing out from the back. Kobayashi, I'm sure Kieran Devlin will be all over this in the agenda uh, tomorrow. But um, Kobayashi plays a really, really great ball. Uh, he can play the ball out with both feet, which was great as well. To Taylor, uh, Taylor finds O'Reilly and O'Reilly just sweeps it away. Again, kind of that just sweeping the ball away, seeing the target and just putting it exactly where it needs to go and just uh, an excellent, 
excellent finish. Um, and that made it 3 0. Um, then something happened that is very, very Celtic. Uh, we get a penalty. Uh, Taylor is hacked down by Doig, um, formerly of Hibbs. Um, 21st minute. Our good friend Kyogo Furahashi steps up. And what happens, Annabelle? Just the most Celtic thing that could happen. He hits the post. Hits the post. Denied yeah. by the woodwork. I mean, a great, a great, great phrase. I'm a big fan of that. Um, but yeah, denied by the woodwork. It bounces out. Maeda kind of, you know, the ball's coming too quick from him and he, he kind of get the rebound in. But mm, mm, mm. Oh. I think it. I think my. Is that someone's done. phone alarm going on? Yeah, that 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 was that was me on vibrate. My phone on <laughs> vibrate or whatever. Um, I think Maeda should have put the rebound away. Personally. I thought he was going to put the rebound away. I was genuinely surprised when it went wide because, from my recollection, it was like open goal. Yeah. Just, just be a bit calmer with it. So I was disappointed with the rebound as well. He needed to be more chill. Exactly. If it was more chill, gentle football, then maybe he would have scored. Just uh, gently, just gently roll it in. Dave. Yeah, tap it in, tap it in, walk it in. It wants to go home. Um, <laughs> very happy to get more. Um, but uh, you know, obviously Aaron Moy's been excellent as the penalty taker on the pitch for us when he's been available. Um, I mean, even Jota's last pe- couple of penalties that have went in have been. Uh, Chris, you know, this stretches back for. A very long time. Remember Henrik, even when Henrik Larson was taking good penalties, they weren't even that good. <laughs> I know, no. like, you know, and then he, he started missing a lot of them. And, you know, it's just a bit of a, it's just a bit of a curse that we've got here. Eh? It's the new left back, you know, where <laughs> we never had a left back for years and we would get a left back and for six months the left back would be okay and then it turned out they were rotten. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's been lots of them over the years. And, you know, we had Juranovic who was taking penalties. Even when Juranovic was scoring penalties, I was thinking, you know, I want a penalty taker who I think's going to always score. And if he misses, I'll be surprised. And I never got that with he missed, he missed against Real Madrid as well, didn't he? Yeah, which is unacceptable. <laughs> um, but it, no, it's, it, listen, I mean, see if you're, you know, you're talking about that first half and how unbelievably scintillating we were. You know, if you're putting on perfectionism hat and talking about it there's two moments obviously we'll, we'll come to the other one in a minute it's it's the penalty and in the other moment in your you know you're not really criticizing it because it doesn't matter in the overall scheme of things but in the back of your mind you know seeing a big moment in a big game where we've got a penalty to win the game you're not thinking yes we've got a penalty you're thinking oh no <laughs> We've got a penalty, <laughs> and that's it's not it's not a nice thing, and it's always in the because I remember saying it. I went, that's I think you said it, Annabelle, and you said it, Chris. It's the most Celtic thing ever, um, and and ultimately that doesn't matter, but it's just another missed penalty, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you've got me in a down on there. No, even even last season, like when we had like Jack Marcus and and Juranovic, both of them missed penalties, and they were you know like yeah. Livingston away, Cal McGregor's missed penalties. It's, it, I don't in today's context, it's you know it is what it is. It's fine. He missed a penalty, but um, yeah, just long term, it's kind of like mm, we've got this group of technically proficient, uh, scintillating footballers, and it's just like Wah! every time someone takes a fucking penalty, yeah. <laughs> terrifying. Um, but you know, ultimately, it kind of didn't really matter. The twenty sixth minute, um, 
Celtic make it 4-0. Uh, and I love this finish. I, I absolutely I love this finish. Celtic kind of sweeping forward. Uh, Kobayashi passes out to Maeda. Um, Maeda puts a ball in and it takes a deflection. And then, God love that Murray boy. He just fucking rattles it right back. <laughs> rattles it right back in um, with one of the weirdest clearances I've ever seen. Um, and Matt O'Reilly kind of picks the ball up and just, again, this sweeping motion just sweeps it into the top corner. Uh, Annabelle, your thoughts on the fourth goal? Yeah, um, complete buffoonery again. Just like three Stooges stuff. Like, what on earth were they doing? Who, if I don't know, like, I feel like the first rule of a clearance is probably send it away from your goal. I'm no professional, but that's my guess. Um, not only for them to clear it backwards, but for, yeah, for it to be then beheaded. It wasn't even headed up, it was headed directly into Matt O'Reilly's feet. Great assist, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to take anything away from the assist. It was really good. Um, but yeah, Matt O'Reilly's finish, just that, you know, awareness and readiness, being in the right place, having the quality to, you know, take the right touch and, as you said, sweep it just perfectly into the net. It was delightful. It was another great sort of, a great opportunity to pounce on them just being completely inept at basic footballing. Um, and yeah, just delighted for Matt O'Reilly. And the only thing I'm disappointed in is that he never got his hat trick. Absolutely. Um, 4-0, Chris, after 26 minutes, Um what did you make of the goal and just your thoughts after that? I mean, Annabelle's covered the Keystone Cops element of it from from Kilmarnock. Um, but it, for me, it was it was a Matt O'Reilly finish. You know, sweeping left foot finish. And it, it was at that point I thought, yeah, you, you, you're back on it now, if you know what I mean. You're back yeah. to back to, back to to business, if you will, sort of thing. Just came across it, placed it into the side net and keeper had no chance. Um yeah, I mean, they, they kind of sewed... I mean, our, our football put them in that position, but, you know, if you're a Kilmarnock fan or if you're Derek McInnes doing the post-mortem just now, you're talking about where they seed, sowed the seeds of their own demise. Well, yeah, some of the defending, and Fraser Murray in particular, you know, that's a game he's going to want to forget very quickly. But, you know, I think it's we caused a lot of that panic and then at that point in time, everything that we were kind of latching on to mistakes wise we were just punishing uh, and it was great and it was fantastic and at that point you're thinking as again I said earlier on how many is it going to be are we going to rue that penalty miss in terms of how many it's going to be but you know it maybe didn't transpire that way um, you know after this we just we just had so much control and so much of the ball I mean Kobayashi was literally sauntering into their half passing the ball out from the back which was really great and you know I mentioned Kieran Devlin and we'll definitely talk about this in the agenda. That is something we've been crying out about. Again, this is a very this is a very unique situation in that I genuinely think Kilmarnock were were honestly so fucking beaten at this point that they were just so disorganised in regards to weight pressing and everything and everything just went to let's not concede anymore so they dropped further and further back which gave Kobayashi that opportunity but I thought his passing out was very very good um, and you know there's a there was a minute in the 41st minute where Celtic lose the ball in the final third and Kyogo this kind of calls back to what you were saying Annabelle Kyogo rattles all the way back and makes the tackle on the box. It's just a team of players who don't stop. I know that's going to sound... But, like, I, I, it just felt like everyone was playing 
not only for each other but for the team today and I know that happens often but you know when you have as, as you mentioned if, as you have so many changes sometimes it can take a wee bit of time to kind of you know make everyone count but clearly we're training in such a way that everyone's involved so many and that everyone really everyone's everyone in the squad is key to how we play yeah the collective shines through in it and it, it, I mean you kind of end up repeating yourself when you come on here and when yeah. you're talking about Celtic to your your pals or family or whatever because you say you say the same things, but they bec- you know they, they become so apparent when you're kind of analysing what goes on in the game, and it's it's hard work, it's 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 commitment and hard work. You know we've got a lot of technically very gifted footballers, but that's not enough. That's not going to win you cups, leagues. That's not going to take you to the next level in Europe. Pure graft is, and we've got it. We've got it in droves. There's even players, you know. Jota's a good example. He wasn't playing today, but Jota's work rate and tracking back, you know, it's maybe not as evident or as, as praised as Maida's, for example, but he does a lot of work going back, and that's demanded by the manager. And he, But he set up a scenario and he set up an environment where there doesn't seem to be any kind of dissent from that or, you know, you know, discontent amongst the squad. It's just basically, that's what you need to do to get into this team. If you do that, you'll be part of something really special. And they're buying in. They're buying into it. They're not. It's not. They are buying into it. They've bought into it for a long time, and you know they'll they'll, they'll benefit from the rewards, and so will we. That's why we enjoy watching us. Absolutely. Um, the kind of final piece of play, which is ah again pretty, the only other kind of we red mark on today, I'd say, would be the goal that Kilmarnock score, um, forty fourth minute. Annabelle, do you want to talk us through it? Yeah. Um, it was almost as if. Callum McGregor, he'd just been playing so well the whole game. He was absolutely everywhere. He was all over everything. I don't think he misplaced a pass yet. And it's like he just thought, you know what? I've been a bit too perfect today. Let's just let's just give them a wee something, give them a wee a wee helping hand. So for some reason he just it seems to be caught in two minds, um, doesn't quite know what to do. Just so unlike him. I honestly would like to know what was going through his mind. Um loses the ball. I feel like it was around, was it around the edge of our box or was it in the box? I think it was just in our box. Just in our box. Um, and two Kilmarnock players in the right place at the right time kind of gets picked up by them. They take a shot. Joe Hart makes a good save, but the ball's kind of spilled right into the middle of the box again. And those two players are still lurking naturally, uh, waiting for the rebound. And I think it was they managed to get round Hart and Kobayashi's. I thought he did well enough with what he had, did his best to kind of stop the shot. But the Kilmarnock player, to be fair to him, had a good finish and kind of gently nudged it just past Kobayashi's. He was trying to make the trying to make the block at the at the near post, and uh, yeah, it went in. Just a bit disappointing. Yeah, I think you know Callum's kind of. I think he's kind of physically just. I think he takes a touch and he's he's wanting to move the ball on, but he takes a second, and it's just that second mm-hmm. that the physical challenge comes in and he loses it. Um, what what are you thinking of it, Samani? Is it just a case of just when you play that kind of you know that deep in your kind of half when you're playing football there, stuff like this potentially is going to happen? What can you do? I guess. Well, at that moment you're still in I want hundreds of goals mode, um, <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's that's avoidable, but it's understandable the way that we move the ball around at the back. You know, we do that under incredible pressure, move it quickly. And the vast majority of times we don't we don't concede, we don't give the ball away. And again, that's not easy to do. You know, you need concentration and you need ability. We all know the ability 
like McGregor's got and, and, and the rest of the players in the squad. So sometimes it happens. In the moment, though, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying that that was avoidable and that's not good. But, you know, you just forget about it and move on. I mean, I thought I thought we were unlucky in terms of, you know, the point that Annabelle made there about the, the rebound from, from Hart. And then I think Iwata, not, not Iwata, sorry, Kobayashi kind of Blocks, fell when yeah. he was blocked it. And I think if he hadn't fallen, we, you know, we might have ended up um, not conceding. But these things happen. A wee bit disappointing at the time because you're goal hungry, but you know, overall it doesn't matter in the slightest. I think there's also a level of um, that's going to happen and you know, if it, there's a massive difference if it happens at 0-0 or if it happens at one each. The fact that it's happened at 4-0 up, you can use it as a teaching moment, you know, and be like, okay, look, everything, we, we played really well, but just remember to be on your toes. I don't know how Ange would do it, but it's all, always good to kind of have that sort of sharpness and perspective because there's absolutely no question that Cal McGregor will be raging with himself and he'll be, you know, really upset about it and really excited, you know, pretty sure he's one of those sort of perfectionist guys who'll go over and look at it. So a, a teaching moment, I guess. And, um, you know, I, no one would hold it against him. Um, I thought McGregor and Awata today together were, you know, Annabelle, you mentioned it. I thought they were everywhere. I I, I thought Awata today really, really put up a performance to me that says, you're no longer one of the kind of first reserves. You're right in the conversation for, for, for starting. What's your thoughts, Annabelle, on it? Definitely the same. Um, just another one like Matt O'Reilly where he absolutely took that chance and ran with it. I thought he was incredible today he, he was he was everywhere he was really strong um really good use of his body which we've not really got to see too much of that but i thought we saw quite a lot of it today just kind of really got himself kind of in and about and doesn't shy off from kind of getting in stuck in with the players especially quite obviously as we've discussed physical players um some of his just i'm sure at one point he was um up at the byline playing and like made his position he was just literally all over the place um Really, really good pass it as well. I just don't think I have a single bad thing to say about Iwata. I was really, and I kind of know when we saw him in the lineup, it was a question of is he going to do that kind of initial lineup that he had in the derby? I was like, oh, is he going kind of more defensive? But I was, I was happy to see McGregor pushed up, but it didn't really matter, especially as you said after that sort of half an hour point when Kilmarnock collapsed in on themselves and just ended up playing like eight at the back. Um, they were both just pushed so far up the pitch, but he d- he did just so great in in being that defensive kind of. Sure thing at the back, which is something, again, another thing that it felt like we didn't have for so long and we thought that maybe Ablogor will be it. And McGregor is good in that role, but also you could argue he's a bit wasted in that role, um, a bit underutilised. So, yeah, absolutely. He's in the conversation, but at the same time, it just I would not want to be Ange looking at Iwata, McGregor, O'Reilly, Moy, Hatate and thinking, I've only got room for three. What do I do? I don't envy the man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, see what I feel like there's this weird kind of, you know, Ange always talks about how different players bring different things to the system. So the tweaks can literally be the personnel. But there are at points it was almost like McGregor and Oata were talking to each other. It's like, right, you go and I'll drop. You go and I'll drop. Like they're getting into that flow, Samani, where, you know, I think in the second half, Oata was a little bit more further forward. Um, but he just looks technically really good. And, it just kind of putting a little bit. He's far more, I mean, unbelievably more than a, a traditional number six. I mean, I think I said that on Thursday on the, on the weekly. There's far more to him than a, a, a six who, you know, destroys, breaks up play and gives it to the football players. 
not at all. He's he's got so much more in his locker. I mean, today I just thought I just thought he was outstanding. There was one piece of play in the first half where he had the he had the ball kind of towards the left touch line. Or it was a wee bit further in than that actually. Can't remember who the commandment player was, but he was kind of coming into him and he just kind of touched it to the side. He just kind of moved it inside to give him a little bit of space, and he played a through ball through the, the middle of the park to Kyogo, yeah. who kind of—I mean, he was facing—he was facing away from goal, and it maybe wasn't a hundred percent easy for him to take. You know, obviously slipped up, but the vision and the execution is not something that you expect from a number six that we thought that we were maybe getting. That's a guy that can contribute and will contribute as effectively going forward as he will in that role because he also plays that excellently too. His positioning's great. He knows when to step in. He knows when to step back. Uh, I'm starting to fall in love with him a wee bit, Christopher. I don't know if that's evident. Uh, I'm, I am also in love with Iwata. And I want to put my hand up and say, I think last Saturday was just a bad hair day because his hair today was terrific. <laughs> I, might... I was like, well, I thought he was good last Saturday. What was wrong you... with his hair last Saturday? I thought he looked oh, great. Oh, no. No? Did maybe... he have the band on? Nah, maybe it was a different band. Maybe For me, different... he's the only footballer who should be allowed to wear a hair band. Yeah. Uh, there, there are there. certain circumstances. Um, You're I... not, a, not, a, not a Jack Grealish fan then? No. <laughs> I loathe that man. <laughs> we all do. Um... Strong, strong love. <laughs> um, but I'm not, not a big fan. <laughs> uh, what do you call it, though? Um, yeah, I mean, we get to half time. It's four goals to one. Um, I'm going to be honest and realistic here. There's there's not a huge amount of things that happened in the second half. Um, we had all came on for Kyogo at the start of the second half. Um, we made some subs. Uh, McGregor, O'Reilly, and Maeda came off for Moy, Turnbull, and Vata. Uh, young Vata making his, I think it was his third appearance for Celtic. Um, and then oh, it was nice to see Haksabanovic coming on for Summers. Um, coming off for Summers, making his debut as well. Haksabanovic. Mm. Um, effective on the ball when he had it maybe not effective driving forward as we've seen um, certainly um, would you how would you describe his performance Armani? Um it was fine which is probably not what he needed it was a bit like Tynecastle wasn't it when yeah. he got the start there he did nothing wrong he had some nice moments he linked the play up fairly well at times but the expectations that we set for that position and that we probably set for Haksabanovic, given his cameos and the goals and the impact he's made. He, he, he didn't grab it, I suppose is fair enough to say. Now, I, you know, giving him a start here and there and expecting him to grab onto the, the position with two hands is maybe a bit unfair. I wouldn't be against starting him next Saturday. Um, Which is, you know, I mean, I, do you think the fact that he was playing on the right-hand side, do you think that affected him? Potentially as well, but I mean... Again, it's about the competition and it's about what we have and, you know, you need to be able to kind of step up and 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 make more of an impact if you want to kind of take, keep that position. I'm one of his biggest fans, although it sounds like I've put him away for a water with it, uh, after this, but um, he, wasn't, he didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't bad. I thought he had a, a good enough game. It just wasn't, he didn't set the heights that sometimes that you think he's going to set and that he maybe needs to set with the competition to say, no, I'm I'm in charge here. I've now got this kind of, I've got the jersey, and you need to take it back off, um, take it back off me. So, yeah, uh, as I said, it's you know I would play him next Saturday, even if it is again on the right, because I think he deserves, um, you know, not just the odd start, maybe a run if possible. 
But if we're being honest, if he doesn't step up and grab that, you know, you would start Jota in the semi-final. Uh, Annabelle, your thoughts on uh, our good friend Haksabanovic? Yeah, very similar. I don't think that anyone had a bad game today. Um, well, no, I'm, I'm stick with that. I don't think anyone had a bad game today. I would describe Haksabanovic as just a bit quiet, maybe a little bit underwhelming. But again, just as Romani was saying, that comes from what you expect from him and the fact that he has been such an impact player. He's someone that comes on and makes a difference. And I, I do think he needs more starts. I don't think today is enough to make a judgment. And to be honest, I would never want to like make a judgment off of a game on an artificial pitch. I just don't think that's fair. I don't that's think it's true. giving giving yeah. them a proper chance. So I agree. Yep, absolutely. Start him. Start him next week. But um, it was. I think he was kind of the only one of those changes that didn't really kind of like I said grab their chance with two hands. It was a bit a bit disappointed. I wanted to see more of him. I, I do think a lot more was going down the left today, which might not have helped. And and like you say, would he have been better on the left? So there's just kind of a lot of things that. Maybe made it maybe not the best environment for him to show us everything that he can do and everything he's got in his wheelhouse. Um, I just hope it doesn't end up being the case that maybe has kind of happened with Abada a bit where his height is being an impact player. That's what he's best at. I hope that we can see more of him from from the start. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, there was, <clears throat> I, I think there, were, there was at points where he was kind of being doubled up on. Um, and I think that was maybe potentially how they would have kind of lined up maybe expecting Jota to be on that right-hand side and they just stuck with it. So, you know, there, as you both say, there's lots of factors. Um, I thought he was effective without being sparkling. And, you know, I think, you know, next Saturday, you'd, if, if he gets a start then, hopefully, you know, at home and, you know, if you shift him onto the left. Because there was points in the second half, towards the, the second half of the second half, where he was kind of dropping into the middle a little bit and picking up different positions. Uh, and obviously Summers came on for him and it was great to see a, a young boy. Summers and Vata, you know, good to see that both uh, that they came on. Vata had an incredible ball in uh, from the right-hand side uh, for O. Uh, and O was kind of un- unlucky to... Um, he made a good run and he just couldn't kind of uh, finish the, the, the shot in. But... Vata, Summers, you know, these might be fleeting appearances at this point, but they are very, very young, and it'd be good to see them having more opportunity. Uh, what did you make of O's booking? <laughs> Fucking hell. I thought he was going to take your man's head off. <laughs> first of all, bringing him on so early, I think he did. they did that for Klinsman, because he was there. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing like, as well. It was like, all right, Klinsman's here, South Korean manager. Ah, come on. Go on, give him 45 minutes. Aye, go on. Um, and, and brought on. He's booking, I mean, it probably was a booking. His foot, foot, foot was high. I think they were looking at it for a potential red, which it never was. No. Uh, he had his eye in the ball. It was, you know, but you can't raise your foot to that height or to that level. Um, it was fine. Well, it, it was a booking. I think the correct decision was made. I'm thinking, you know, you, you don't need to do that. Oh, but he did it and that was fine. Uh, Annabelle, what's your kind of overall thoughts on on the second half? Yeah, just a bit, a bit deflating. But I feel like that's not really fair to say either. It's more just the natural reaction you have after that first half. Looking back on it, you know, in retrospect, very happy with the overall performance, the standard of play. We talked about getting the academy players' time in the pitch. Fantastic. I can't really complain at all after the game it's just the second half on its own if you isolate it 
a bit a bit deflating, yeah, because not really much happened other than giving those players a chance. Um, I feel like it was a bit unfair on O, kind of like it was good to see him get the forty five minutes to kind of make a show of himself for obvious reasons. But again, the circumstances I think made it really difficult for him. Um, he was in an unsettled team against um, if like eight. Probably by the end, like nine at the back um, on a on a dodgy surface. Um, so yeah, I don't think he really got that much of a fair chance. But I thought it was good. To, um, it was good. To, I just I'm really happy with the squad rotation. I have to say, I know it's boring, but I, it's tactical and it's important and it's what we need. So yeah, I'll forget how boring that second half was in a few hours, and I'll just be really happy that we came away with four one. Should have been five nil, but four one's still really good. Um, I just want to kind of, I know it's boring, I know it is, but I have to say it because I was really angry watching the game. I don't agree with pity refereeing. I get it that Kilmarnock were absolutely decimated and they were just a really sad sort of team to watch try and play. But I don't think that means that every time they fall over, you have to give them a free kick. And it was making me want to tear my hair out because they were, I know, I know it's the same every game. I know it's the same every game, but they were getting everything and we were getting absolutely nothing and it's it's so so frustrating like is it pity like is it bad refereeing is it bias I don't know at this point but it just gets really frustrating as well listening to the commentators it's literally silence from them seeing them get a decision that is just absolutely ludicrous in your eyes and you know you're not crazy because other people agree with you right they may all be Celtic fans but that many Celtic fans can't be wrong Remains to be seen. Uh, I found I found the officiating very very frustrating from the middle of the second, uh, middle of the first half, right through to the end. There was there was two clear incidents, and I'll get your thoughts on this as well, Chris. Um, There's two clear incidents for me. One of them was Haksabanovich. Um, Haksabanovich had the ball, and the guy just dropped in front of him. Literally, just felt very Stephen Presley. Feel uh, anything yeah, yeah. on your touch, you drop down, and then and Haksabanovich was like, "What the hell?" The other one was the Maeda one. Or the oh, ball's yeah, put yeah. into the box and he... Maida literally just goes round him and the guy kind of trips his own heels. Yep. Pity referees a great way to put it. What's your thoughts on it, Chris? Yeah. Um, he, I mean, the, the, the Maida one in particular was that bad that even Walker in the replay <laughs> said I didn't see much in that. So that is... If that's the litmus test... It hurt him uh, to say that as well. I hear he the was, pain. Oh, he's a bit lucky there. <laughs> um, aye, yeah. I mean, that's been a... F- that's been a factor in a number of games this season. It's, it's. I mean, this is a club. Sorry, a club. This is a country that that, along with England, they've got this kind of. What's the word I'm looking for? It highbrow view on diving yeah. about how that's that's for them foreigners and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and you know, it's an archaic, an archaic view. Do you know what I mean? In terms of it, that, that doesn't happen in Scotland or England. It does. It happens every. Game. single game that I watch mm-hmm. um, but it's not as Annabelle says it's not called out it's not called for what it is you know they'll call it something like he's bought that or he was clever there um, you know it's diving now I'll be perfectly honest with you you know diving is you know I don't think it's black and white in terms of you know you've got a view on it it's wrong or it's right you know there's certain situations there's nuances there's caveats in it but I hate it when they take that highbrow view that we don't do that in the British game when absolutely it happens all the time and you don't properly kind of call it out. But I wasn't maybe annoyed as annoyed about it as, as, as Annabelle but um today. But generally speaking, I think it's 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 so frustrating when the game gets broken up for free kicks that are at best soft, at worst, not free kicks. Um so and I and I think it's a tactic against us because it does still our break up the game. 
yeah. flow and, and, and break up. I always think it's funny when the, the, you have these players and ex-players saying stuff like, um, diving is the most disgusting thing in the game. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what about spitting? On Sunday, or what about like a leg breaking challenge? You know, it's like what about racism when players are literally racist to other players? Sexism on the pitch? is that not more disgusting? That. Exactly. See when you see when you think about it, it's quite far down the most <laughs> disgusting thing in the game, isn't it? But there we go, right near the bottom. Um, listen, this has been absolutely fantastic. I want to get both your man of the match, uh, player of the match, and any kind of takeaways that you have. Um, Annabelle, we'll start yourself. My man of the match has got to be Oata. Just. Because he was just amazing today, didn't like. Well, we've already talked about him enough, and her role, yeah, just madly in love with him, and it's getting a bit creepy. And he might, you know, leave just release because. some restraining orders against us after this podcast. Who knows? But um, yeah, I thought he was amazing today. Like we said, took his chance, did really well. Want to see more of him? Get him in there. Um, my man of the match. I think there's a few players you could give it to, but he was, you know, he was there the whole game and he was solid throughout and didn't put a foot wrong. So yeah, man of the match for me. Um, takeaways. When are we going to get rid of our official pitches? I know it's really boring to say that every time we play on one. Um, but also just, yeah, was really thrilled to see that first half performance, like I said, from a disrupted Celtic team. I would say I would say three changes counts as disrupted for us, um, especially when the nature of the way that we play involves a lot of, you know, yeah, slick passing, a lot of patterns of play, a lot of positional awareness. Um, when you make changes, that's really easy to disrupt that and see that kind of a bit of messier style of play that we often get in those situations. So today, seeing it kind of slot, the new players slot in seamlessly and seeing that really great passing and those patterns of play coming out that early in the game to lead to a goal, that's really exciting for me. And I know it's coming late in the season, but I think this might be, it's, it's finally kind of getting to that point now where it's we might see the, swat, uh, the subs becoming more and more interchangeable, which is only a good thing when we've got a squad like this. So yeah, I'm really excited for the last few games of the season now. Absolutely. Great stuff. Uh, Chris, you're a man of the match and um, any takeaways? Uh, I thought Annabelle was going to give it to O'Reilly. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit annoyed because it's a Wata as well. Um, <laughs> I, I just think, you know, if you gave it to, if anybody gave it to O'Reilly, and, and as Annabelle said as well, there's a few players that you could kind of put into the mix for that. But just for me, I just thought Awata was incredible today. Um, you know, only his second start, you know, he's, he's kind of only been with the squad for what three months or so now um he's had to wait in the sidelines to get his opportunity and rightly so given the competition but when we talked about Haxabanovich earlier on and you know coming in and waiting for your chance and grabbing the jersey he did that for me today you know um I said it earlier on you know mere weeks ago Moy you're you know He's in that first team and you're thinking, yeah, out of the the, the, the players we've got, it's McGregor, Hitati and Moy. And again, I don't think that was wrong at the time, but football very quickly changes and you can see the quality from O'Reilly and definitely from Awata uh, in terms of uh, what he's able to bring. So well-deserved man of the match. Um, I think he's going to have a, a very bright future with us going forward. Takeaways, the main one is when we click, no one can handle us. That's the bottom line. You know, we were talking about the derby last week and the setup, and you know, from from Rangers and you know from other clubs. You know, ultimately, when we play, if we play like that, I don't think there's a team in the country that can stop us. You know, so that's we got another glimpse of what we are like as an attacking force when everything absolutely works today. Um, the other takeaway from it would probably be, I'm just trying to think of one in the hoof here. Uh, 
no injuries, great. Move on to the next game. There we go. Love it. Great stuff. Uh, off the top of your head as well. Superb. Um, Just w- one last, w- one very last thing, because I never, I never commented on it, Chris. Sorry to do this. On Summers and Vata, um, I think it's important to get them game time if we think that there's they've got the quality that's necessary because it's difficult to do that with momentum and when we're in certain positions, you know, you you said it earlier, Annabelle, you know, you'd be shouting at them if you brought them into games that you, you dropped points, but see if we think they've got the, the quality. See, certainly in the league from now on, you want to introduce them. And there's a story behind both of them. You know, Summers has been at the club since he was seven and, you know, a lot like McGregor was at the club for a long time. It's great to see him come through. And, you know, Rocco Vata, son of former Celtic player and Albanian international, coming on, great ball in. This is his second game for us. And obviously he's, he's declared for the Republic of Ireland, which is, is always a, a positive one for the support. So when you see him come on, you're absolutely... Uh, you know, it, it's still dead exciting to see young players come through. So definitely, um, it was good to see them on the pitch today. I'll just leave it there. Absolutely superb. Um, listen, you know, Celtic smashing it, uh, four goals to one at Rugby Park. Um, we go on, and uh, just a matter of time, hopefully, before uh, we're crowned champions. But uh, Chris and Manny, pleasure as always, sir. Thanks, Chris. Enjoyed that today. Lovely stuff, Annabelle. Pleasure. Thank you both. That was great fun. From Annabelle McDonald, from Christopher Samani, from myself, Chris Gallagher, this has been The Reaction. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow for the agenda. And uh, hail, hail.